the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Thank you to all the faithful people, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We uh, started a series three weeks ago called Still Standing, How to Stand Strong and in this crazy hour in which we live. We've talked about several things. Today's message is entitled, Focused and Faithful. Focused and Faithful. You know, faithful is mentioned 252 times in the New Living Translation of the Bible. So I think there may be something there (laughs) that we need to know about. Faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Well, I went to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Webster. I think both Merriam and Webster were, were Christians, so I think they hit the nail on the head when they said, faithfulness is a strict or thorough in the performance of duty. So you're good with the duty that you've been charged with. Another translation is true to one's word, to your promises, to your vows. Another says steady in allegiance or affection, law, constant, reliable, trusted, or believed. So those are some pretty strong character traits I think most of us would agree we want in our life. We're strict and thorough, true to our word. Our promises mean something. Our vows mean something. We're steady in our allegiance, our affection, loyal, constant, reliable, trusted, and believed. And the Bible says it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. In the fifth chapter of Galatians, it listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit. That means if you have the Spirit of God in it, it should be being produced in your life. And if it's not being produced by the Spirit, then there's something holding it back. Proverbs 25, 19 talks about the other side of the coin. It says confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. That doesn't sound good. One fellow moaned, well, y'all never asked me to do anything. Well, duh. (laughs) Dealing with you dudes like getting punched in the mouth (laughs) or being on crutches for six weeks. I'd just rather do it myself. Hope there ain't nobody in here like that. But like that lady says on the Facebook, I don't know if you ever saw her, she said, she said, I'd rather hit my pinky toe on a bed frame. I ain't doing it. <laughs> you heard that lady? <laughs> Dude, I'm not dealing with somebody that, that's going to let you down every time. That's not who Christians should be. Faithfulness goes to the very core of our character and integrity. It's about who we are as people. If you're faithful, it's a good thing. Now, Soul Food, my band, we've been together about 25 years, and we've been serving the Lord about 20 of those. (laughs) We started out, you know, serving another master. 
but we all ended up getting saved the same year, and we've been serving the Lord ever since. Started a nonprofit ministry. You know the whole story. And uh, over the course of those 20 years serving the Lord, there's a lot of equipment toting going on. Uh, most of you guys, y'all show up when the, the, the music's about to start. But we have to coordinate getting the stuff there, setting it up, getting the sound check. Then after it's over and you've left, we're tearing it down and putting it back in the trailer and driving it back home. There's a lot of work. In fact, most of the work is behind the scenes. The singing part's the fun part. And there's been times, I'll admit, over the years, I've got a little lazy, somebody else gets a little lazy, and somebody at any given stretch may not be pulling their weight with the stuff behind the scenes. We always love the singing and stuff. Well, there got, it got so bad one time that I called a meeting. And I used some reverse psychology on them. I said, guys, God knows that the loading's the hard part. God knows that the behind the scenes, when we're not in front of everybody, is the, the tough part. And he watches and he keeps good records. And I said, you know what? He rewards faithful people. I said, when I get to heaven, I, 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 I know that I will be rewarded for every amp that I toted, every box that I pushed. So if you guys want to just take off, you know, before we, while we're setting up and when we leave, if y'all just want to go ahead, y'all go ahead. Because I'll take your reward. That's all I had to say from then on. <laughs> I couldn't, I, I'd be trying to push, I'll get that for you, I want this reward. And they were just arguing over who's going to get to tote the equipment. And that's the way we are to be. Yeah. See, there's something about Miss Anita, something about Angie, something about these faithful people we just rewarded that knows that what they're doing, although everybody else might not see it, God sees it. And he rewards faithfulness because God is a faithful God and he wants us to be like him right let's turn to 2nd Corinthians 1 in your Bibles 2nd Corinthians right behind 1st Corinthians if that helps you all right 2nd Corinthians 1 17 we're going to talk about the faithfulness of God the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Corinth, and he says, you may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I make my plans carelessly? He's saying, okay, this is a rare occasion that we plan to do something that we're not going to get to do it. He said, do you think I'm like the people of the world? See, there should be a distinction in the way a Christian acts as opposed to the people in the world. Do you think I'm like the people of the world who say yes when they really mean no. See, the world people, they'll tell you anything. Because all they're caring about is what they get out of it. But as Christians, just look straight ahead. Don't raise your hand under any circumstances. But does your yes always mean yes? Or is it just throwing it out there and it's maybe if I feel like it when the time comes? Does your yes mean yes? In verse 18 it says, As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver. He's the one to whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you as God's ultimate yes. He always does what he says. 
Say that with me. He always does what he says. Now let's think about that, and let's say it again. He always does what he says. That is the character of Jesus. Hello, hint number two. The first hint was let your yes mean yes. And let your no mean no. You know, it's okay to say no. You know, when I'm dealing with somebody, I would rather them tell me no than say yes and not mean it. Amen. <laughs> Good night, because I make plans around your yes. <laughs> but the second hint is he always does what he says he's going to do. There's a, there's a story in the Bible. I didn't plan on talking about it, but the guy swore to his own hurt. He gave up his own daughter because he had made a promise to God. Verse 20 says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Hallelujah! And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. In other words, the promises of God are yes and amen, and when we say amen to his promises, it's done. And then in verse 21 it says, It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. Isn't that the title of our series? Standing firm. How do you do it? You let your yes be yes. You don't promise stuff that you're not willing to do. You always do what you say you're going to do. It goes on and says, he has commissioned us. In other words, he has commissioned us to do what he does. To act like he acts. What could be more wonderful than knowing we serve a faithful God? I don't know about you, but that brings me great comfort. Somebody might say, well, I really like how he loves us. Yeah, I love that too. But have you ever had anybody love you but then not be faithful? You know, his love doesn't mean much if he's not faithful to it. I'm glad we serve a faithful God. And I'm glad I, I'm in a faithful church. God is faithful. So why oftentimes are the Christians not faithful? There's a, there's a whole lot of reasons that I could have came up with, but in the name of getting you out before four this afternoon, I, I thought I'd just share two or three. The first one, can we get the lights, Brother Tom? We're gonna, I'm going to show you a little video that's going to explain a little bit about what may be a little of our problem. This is most of our lives.
that, that ring a bell with anybody about your schedule? <laughs> Maybe juggling a little too much in our life sometimes, don't we? Spinning too many plates. Now, you know, he had extreme focus to keep that going. But how many know he couldn't have kept it going much longer? Eventually, something's going to come crashing down when you got that much going on. So one of the reasons we're not faithful is we just simply have spread ourselves too thin to be faithful. The second thing I, I came up with is simply that faithfulness is not valued in our society today. People don't really care about it like, you know, in the, in the older days when I was growing up. Every, everybody's just doing their own thing today. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. In other words, everybody's saying, I, I'm the best. But their actions are not backing it up. Everybody's proclaiming how good they are, but who can find a faithful man? Today, if you go to an insurance company and you try to be faithful to them, you know, when I first started buying insurance was I was a young man. I bundled my house and my car with them, and I had whatever else insurance I had, and they were faithful to me, and I was faithful to them, and they would give me a discount for doing all that, and they knew me by name. Today, the last time I tried that, I had the same insurance for like five or six years, and when I looked up and paid attention, they were gouging me like crazy, taking advantage of me. And when I called to uh, complain or talk to them about it, they were like, well, whatever. That's the way we do things. Go find somebody else. You'll be back in a little while. You know, everybody's just, everybody's just, that's the way you got to play the game. There's no faithfulness anymore. Now everything is disposable. Different society. When I was growing up, I had cloth diapers. I didn't just, these kids today, you just throw them away. <laughs> Who would throw away a perfectly good diaper? <laughs> we throw stuff away rather than fix it. TVs, cameras, whatever. And that philosophy has crept into our thinking about other things, like our jobs. We just always looking for a better job. Nobody's faithful to any anybody in our marriages. Oh, she stops making me happy. I'll just find another one. She's disposable. Friendships. These things used to be lifelong. <laughs> our churches. Oh, that's easy because you know. Church is way back in the list of most people's priorities. And so that's, that's an easy thing. Well, just let that go. You know, if it, things get too tough, we'll just go to another church where they don't know I'm not faithful. A faithful man who can find? Y'all said y'all were mature enough to handle a big boy message, didn't you? Come on. Is it hurting your feelings already? You ain't even got, we ain't got to the tough part yet. <laughs> Relax. Relax. It's going to be all right. This is for your good. You know, they say right before they give you a big shot. <laughs> a faithful man, who can find? I look around, I see a bunch of plate spinners. <laughs> but you can never accomplish any God-sized goals unless you stay planted and learn to be faithful. 
God's way is to get planted. Be like oaks planted by the living water so that you can continue to get nourishment from God when you're hopping up. You don't see oak trees hopping up off the side of the bank and going over to a different lake. I don't like it over here. They will never grow like that. You keep transplanting something, it's going to be stunted. You know, musicians, I I talked about soul food. We've been together 25 years. I know I don't look that old. But most musicians, they're looking to climb that ladder. You know, they're, they're in a group, but they're just there temporarily until another group better than them sees them, and then they're going to get with them. Or they're looking to get ready. You know, if you're the leader of the group, you're looking ready. I need a better drummer. I need a better this. And, and you're always replacing people. I don't know how they kept me these 25 years, but I just want to tell you guys thanks for putting up for me for 25 years. But it's, it's, a, it's a special thing that God has kept a group of guys together for 25 years. And don't think there weren't times when we wanted to kick some of them to the curb, and I'm sure they wanted to kick me to the curb. You know, it's hard doing life together. It's hard being a church together, being a family together. But you can't run every time it gets tough. You've got to learn to communicate. Sometimes you've got to pull more than your weight until, and to help somebody else along. And you've got to stay together. But it, the rewards of it are so special. I have, 20, I have friends that are like brothers to me that I have known for 25 years and done life with. We've helped each other through so much. The rewards of staying together. Okay, so none of us ever got big and famous. That's probably a good thing. (laughs) I bet we've won more souls than most of those famous Christian bands, so-called Christian bands out there hitting those big stages. We've We've been small and targeted and going after fruit. And this church, some of the people sitting in these purple Chairs were here before these purple chairs. They've been faithful through hard times. Sometimes you didn't even want to be faithful. Some, you know what you got to do? You got to know your why. Why am I doing this? Why? It's always got to be about Jesus. Ultimately, you got to know that you're living for an audience of one. And if he wants faithfulness, that's what he's going to get. Sometimes that is all that's going to carry you through the hard times when you, when you really just want to skedaddle. Let's talk about Moses for a minute because Hebrews 3, 5 says, Moses was certainly faithful in all God's house. That's, a, that's something good that God had to say. Moses spun plates, as you know, for 80 years before he finally had his burning bush experience. He was like all of us, hard-headed, wanted to do things his way, but when, when God met him out there in the wilderness in the burning bush and gave him a new direction, he was smart enough to say, hey, God wants to use me? That's a pretty big deal. And he just became super faithful. He didn't trust his own self. He was trying to talk God out of, you don't know, who, God, I can't even speak good, you know. But God's like, I got this, just trust me. And so 
in his super faithfulness to God, he was able to rescue all the Israelites who were slaves in Egypt, right? Bring them out with the ten plagues. And, and, and when all those knuckleheads, previous slaves, they've been freed for about a couple hours now. They're standing in front of the Red Sea and Egypt changes their mind and they're coming after him. All of them are like, what have you done to us, Moses? Blaming Moses. We, we could have just stayed there. But Moses was faithful. God said, stick that staff in the water. And they walked through on dry ground. And then, let's talk about 40 years of faithfulness in the wilderness. Have you read the account of Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness? You're like, who are these people? First time I read that, I was so mad at the Israelites. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Until I started being honest with myself, and I'm like, they're just a reflection of my life. I do the same things in a different way. But anyway, he had to intercede for them when it seemed like he was the only one that cared, when they wanted to go back to slavery, when everyone else wanted to worship a, a golden calf. You know that had to make him mad. When they hated Moses for his faithfulness. You know, sometimes people don't appreciate their, your faithfulness. They get jealous of it. And they get envious, and then they get mad. Uh, he, he grew weary, but he never stopped his well-doing. God said he was faithful in all my house. Now, there was a time that, that Moses started spinning too many plates again. This time he was spinning plates for God. You think, well, that's a good thing. But maybe not. God hadn't, his burden is easy. I mean, if you're spending too many plates for God and you're wore out, then you need to examine, did God tell you to do all these things? Or how many of these things have you just ended up doing because somebody else won't do them? There's nobody else faithful. Well, if that's the case, then good leadership steps back and says, well, we don't need to be doing so many things if we can't do them faithful. Did you know Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, came to him? He said, what you need to do is you need to raise up some other faithful people to come along with you. He, that was a, a picture of discipleship. To get other people, to, for Moses to invest his authority, to delegate his authority to others and raise up other leaders. Do you know you cannot fully and faithfully do the plan of God without others? There's that amen corner. Thank you. I, I, say it loud enough to wake them up next time. Okay. But look. But look. It's true. You say, well, I, can do, I don't need other people to do the plan of God. Yes, you do. If you're going to do it right, you, you just can't do it without other people. First of all, the Great Commission says go and make disciples. You ain't even doing the first one. Raise up somebody and teach them. That's what you're supposed to be doing with your children. They're not supposed to sit in the house and play video games while you're taking out the garbage. You're supposed to be training them up. Woo! That's good preaching. It's hard. The first time you tell them to do it, you've got to argue with them for three hours. I know. But if you don't do it, if, you, if you're not consistent, then they will never... Be a blessing to you. They're supposed to be arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior. 
They're like little Twizzler sticks or something. It ain't good for nothing. Do you want your children to be worth something? You've got to invest in them. You've got to raise them up. You've got to disciple them. You've got to make them do stuff. Look, who's the boss in, that, in your house? Amen. I don't know where that came from. Well, some people say, well, I don't know about faithfulness. You know, what did faithfulness do for Moses? He didn't even get to cross over the Jordan. I beg to differ. I think he went first. He went spiritually. He went before they did. And you say, well, how, Pastor? How do you know Moses is in heaven? How do you know? Well, I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't go get him out of hell when he met him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Huh? I don't think he wanted his advice if he had to go get him out of hell to get it. Huh? Him, Moses and Elijah, he met on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses went to heaven. He got there before everybody else. God has a special place in his heart for the faithful. Turn to Numbers chapter 12. Look, don't get your feelings hurt if I step on your toes. This is what God does. His word is to, to train us in righteousness. It's supposed to correct us. Nobody's looking at you funny. That's just a stronghold in your mind thinking everybody's looking at you right now. Nobody's looking at you. They're looking at themselves. This message ain't for them. It's for you. Numbers 12, verse 1. While they were at Hazaroth, Miriam, his sister, and Aaron, his brother, criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. Now, I'm just going to be honest. That's racism. She was a black woman. And so they were criticizing Moses for marrying somebody outside of his tribe. Racism. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't the Lord spoke to us too? They're justifying themselves. But the Lord heard them, and it says, Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than any other person on earth. We could preach that for a long, long time, but we're not. Verse 4, So immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, and said, Go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So three of them went out to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. It's like a parent calling his three kids in. Get in the living room, we're going to have a talk. Where was I at? The Lord descended in the pillar, stood in, and Aaron and Miriam, he called. He didn't call Moses. He said, Aaron and Miriam, step forward. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions, and I would speak to them in dreams. In other words, I reveal myself to the prophets, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. In other words, He's Potiphar's Joseph. He's the one that can be trusted. It says in the King James that Moses was faithful in all his house. Same scripture that we read in Hebrews. He was faithful in all his house. He's saying, I speak to the prophets in dreams and visions, but he says Moses is different. He can be trusted completely. He's a humble man. It goes on to say, I speak to him. How? Face to face. 
wow, what if God could speak to us face to face? I speak to him face to face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? God came down from heaven to correct a couple of people that had something to say against his faithful servant Moses. God differentiates between the faithful and the unfaithful. Why were you not afraid to speak evil of my servant Moses? Not only what you said was evil, why would you even say anything against my servant that's faithful? Don't talk about God's faithful people. He holds them in high regard. There is a difference between those who just part of the family and those who are faithful. They get rewards. Switching gears. I'm going to talk about the church for a moment. Because honestly, sometimes leading a church can feel like trying to herd cats. Okay, y'all come along. Let me go get this one. Oh, I got this one back. There go two more. Oh, my goodness. You know, sheep are supposed to hear the master's voice and go along, but sometimes we act more like cats. There was an orchestra leader, and he's got all these instruments, and they're getting ready for this very special performance. And so they're practicing every night for two weeks, you know, getting ready. And the violin section will miss here and there. Then the, the, this other guy on the trumpet thing, he's, mess, he's missing, and everybody's being unfaithful. And he's like, how are we going to get this done if people only show up periodically? But he notices there's this oboe player. He's been there every practice. And the night before the big special performance, he goes up to the oboe player. He said, I just want you to know, I appreciate you being here. He said, it's the least I could do since I ain't going to be able to make the performance. <laughs> that explains being a pastor. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm getting used to it. But Paul also said to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. What does steadfast mean? Firm and faithful. That's what steadfast means. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. See, everything you do for God is not in vain. Some of the things you do in your regular activities in life, they may or may not be fruitful. You know, bodily exercise, profit a little, but godliness is great gain. The things that you do for God will always be fruitful, always abounding, and it's never in vain. Some churches have it real bad. But like I said, this ain't some church. We have already talked about some of the faithfulness in this church. This is an exceptional church. I'm telling you, you belong to an exceptional church here. Amen. Now, she's, as one who just had a, meant to have a blowout Friday, <laughs> still says that we're a faithful church. 
There's a scenario that I, I can imagine going on in another church. This young girl named Ditsy, she calls her nursery director, Martha, late Sunday morning before church. I've broken a nail. I, I can't come in. Or, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my, my parakeet's got the flu, and I won't be able to make it today. <laughs> or, I stayed up watching a SpongeBob marathon. And I'm going to have to go to the Bedside Baptist this morning. I'm going to stay in the Word, and they named their bed the Word, you know. The question is, is couldn't she have called earlier? To let somebody know. I mean, there's emergencies, there's legitimate emergencies, but the way we do it here is everybody should have, if you're in a department, everybody should have everybody else's number. And instead of just calling in and can't make it at the last moment and not showing up and making the, the director have to work your shift or something. Or the pastor's wife. Or the pastor's wife have to work your shift. The way we would want it to happen is that you call early enough to call somebody in your group and arrange for somebody to take your shift, and you switch shifts with them. So you don't, get a, you don't have to lose your opportunity to serve altogether, and somebody doesn't have to go crazy trying to serve. That's the way we do it, just to make that clear. That's the way we would like to do it. Now, we understand there's emergencies and everything, but old Ditsy, she's done throwing poor Martha under the bus. Martha has to, in the middle of getting ready for church and raising her kids and getting her household together, you've got to make five emergency phone calls, just, just disrupting five other people, trying to find somebody to take the shift, and when they can't find it, what happens? No, not pastor's wife. Martha realizes that she'll have to take the shift again. And this was going to be the first time that she was going to sit in the adult service since 1974. <laughs> the pastor had planned a party. Now the pastor has to counsel his message. Martha has not even studied the lesson that's supposed to be taught to the children. So she doesn't teach them what they're supposed to know. The kids grow up thinking that Santa Claus is God. Don't let your kids grow up thinking Santa Claus is God. Get rid of cable. <laughs> Upgrade to faithfulness. <laughs> we laugh, but they say, it's just church. It's not like it's my job or anything. That's the way people feel about a lot, a lot of people. Not people in here. Mind you, this is another church I'm talking about. A lot of people think it's just church. I'm not getting paid. Most people work harder trying to please their boss down at the temp agency than they do to please God of all the universe. They got more faithfulness to a temporary job. Sounds awful ditzy to me. I don't know. I'm glad it's not our church. You want to hear about our church? You've already heard about our church this morning, our children's department, the best in the nation. You ask our children. If you dropped your kid off there today, ask them when they get back how much they like our children's department because we've got faithful people who teach them the Word of God back there. There's so many faithful people. I think about Misty. 
Mom. <laughs> Misty was asked to minister at the women's fellowship Thursday night. Misty has been going through some times. I understand that she's stayed up most of the night before, really worn out, tough job situations and things going on. Would have been very easy for her to say, I'm just too tired, I'm not going to be able to make it. But she was faithful, and she blessed all the people. I think about Troy, sitting back there in the, in the pink, our, our drummer. Man, I would never wear pink, you little sissy. This is salmon. <laughs> Troy lives in Bartlett. Many of you don't know that, but he comes here to Mississippi two or three times a week faithfully for those 20 years. That is awesome. Thank you, Troy. I could say, I could say faithful things about every member of the praise team because most of us have been together for 20 years. I could, I could talk about Patty. Where's Patty? Patty, you got to raise your hand. I could talk about you and your entire department. How they, ha they faithfully clean this church when nobody's looking, nobody knows about it. You just come in here and think it smells like roses all the time, you know. <laughs> They've been doing it for years. They're not looking for appreciation. That's why she won't raise her hand or whatever. She's doing it for the Lord. She's, she knows her why. I think about Keith and all the guys and the girls back in the sound booth. They're here long after we leave and go to lunch doing podcasts and, and hooking up stuff and getting it ready for next week and cutting things on and off. They get here an hour and a half early on Sunday. Things you don't see. Faithfulness. I think about the givers in this church that are noteworthy. Don and Becky never fail to give. Kirsty never fails to give to any person in need. Anytime there's a need in the church, they're faithful with their finances. I think about Tim and Lisa opening up their home to us every year. And it's a, we were talking about it back there. That they've been working for weeks preparing their home for this. That's why I say don't miss it. Sometimes we just we go to something like that. We walk in and say, oh, this is cool. It's like it just mysteriously happens, you know. <laughs> like all them hay bales and tractors and trails and everything, that, the lights everywhere and all that stuff, they just have that going year-round. No. And Brother Tom, you know, he's, a, he's so faithful in the church, he's like a fixture of the church. And it, to be faithful, it takes a spirit of Martha and a spirit of Mary. You have to want to get, get the job done, but you also have to know why you want to get the job done. And you have to have God on the inside. You have to have a firm foundation of love for Jesus and know your why. If you're new here and you just started coming and some of the things I'm saying today are really punching you in the gut or whatever, and you've just come out of the ditzy world, you're in the right place. You can learn from these faithful people who, who have had an opportunity to, to learn and grow in their faithfulness. And so no matter where you're at, just take this message and, and learn from it. Don't be condemned by it. God doesn't condemn Where was we at? Y'all glad we're moving home? Now, I'm not really worried that I've offended anybody here today because 
Every time I preach on faithfulness, the people that need to hear it are not here anyway. So. <laughs> it is so true. In fact, when I preach on faithfulness, I expect a small crowd. I mean, I need to get my faith right, you know. All right, I got I to gotta roll this thing up. How do we do better? Let me throw a th- few things at you. Like I said, in the big picture of God's Word, we've got to understand that we're living t- for an audience of one. That's who we're trying to please. If you're a people pleaser, you'll be there when the people are, and if they're not there to watch, you won't be. Colossians 3.23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do, though you are working for the Lord rather than people. That's talking about even at your job. That's wherever you're at. Whatever you do, work for the Lord, not for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master your servant is Christ. Remember your why. Psalms 92.1 says, It's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. When you give thanks, you've got a thankful heart, and you give God the praises, it, it, it leads to faithfulness. Verse 2 says, It's good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening. Now, I thought you could take that two ways. It's good to proclaim God's faithful in the morning and that he, and he's got unfailing love in the afternoon. But it's also good to proclaim his unfailing love in the morning, to proclaim my unfailing love to him in the morning, and then by evening time I'll be able to say, and I showed you by my faithfulness. Telling you love him in the morning, and this afternoon I'm going to be able to tell you I've been faithful. That's good, ain't it? Focused and faithful. That's the name of today's message. Got to have your focus right to be faithful. And you got to have a desire to be faithful. Habakkuk, I'm glad I got that out. Chapter 2, verse 4 says, look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. There's a real rich guy in a church, a millionaire. And he stood up to give a testimony one night. He said, when I first came to this church, he said, I remember that night I had one dollar in my billfold. He said, but, you know, that was all I had. He said, that was to eat on, to live on, until I could find another job. He said, you know what? The Lord dealt with me when that offering plate came around, and I gave everything I had in my billfold to be faithful. Some little girl jumped up in the back and says, do it again! dare you to do it again. But speaking on those lines, Luke 16, 10, Jesus says if you're faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest in greater responsibilities. So some of the things that you're thinking are so small, you know, well, they just want me to do this. And it's not a very important job at all. And they never let me do this because you're not faithful in the little thing. I tell you, I don't know, I'm getting on another rabbit trail, but as pastor, I see everything. And, and I know what's going on. I, I act dumb a lot because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. But, but there have been, especially youth over the years when I was in the youth group, there were youth that I took under my wing and I raised them up. And they were supposed to step into things. They were designed to step into things, and they did not because they just started backing off thinking things weren't that important. 
And if they would have just kept going, if they would have just moved on, if they would have been faithful in the little, they, man, they, they, they would have moved on into great, mighty things, but they didn't. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? If you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? We need to stop spinning so many plates, be more firm, and make more firm decisions that we intend to be faithful to. Life is too busy. I th- what does my pastor's challenge on that sheet say? Somebody read it to me, Dorinda. Sometimes you just got to let some plates go. You got to ask God, what did you want me to do? And so, and then once you've narrowed it down and you've opened up a, your schedule a little bit, say, in that, I'm going to be focused and faithful. My character is on the line here. God is watching how I act in these smaller things. And before you go cutting everything God out of your schedule, remember 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says, the eyes of the Lord search over the whole earth in order to strengthen those hearts that are fully committed to him. You don't have the strength to to spend one plate without God. So make sure that before you start cutting things out of your schedule, you're cutting the things God wants you to. A guy named Chris Karcher said, Integrity is choosing your thoughts and actions based on your values rather than on personal gain. Make your decisions on what you believe to be godly. Not just out, what do you get out of it? You know, so many people, they're chasing the carrot. When if they would just follow God, they don't know what's right around the corner. It was right there for them, and they chased the carrot off the path. God didn't have to worry about Jesus' faithfulness at all. And I mean, he carried a load. He came down here to save all mankind. In 33 years, he turned the world upside down. And he did it by doing everything the Father wanted him to do. Saying what he wanted him to say. And and he had a tough task. He knew what was coming at Calvary. He knew what he would have to suffer. And he was faithful. In fact, if you went on in that Hebrews 3 scripture about Moses being faithful in God's house, it goes on to say that Jesus was much more faithful. And he is the owner of the house. <laughs> so, let your values determine your thoughts and actions instead of what's a personal gain. How much can God really trust us? Can he trust your faithfulness? Can he give you a task? Even if it's a small one? You know, God tests. He'll give you a small task to see how faithful you are so that he can give you more. You, he starts you where you're at. Maybe God's asking you something so little you think it's not important to you and you hadn't done it yet. Well, go back to that and do that. And then say, God, from now on, when you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. I wonder how many of us just punch him in the mouth and kick him in the ankle every time he wants something from us because we're unfaithful and ditzy. <laughs> Let me make this final statement and we'll close. We're saved by faith. Everybody understand that? Agree with that? You can't work your way to heaven. You can't deserve it. 
We just have to receive it by faith. We believe what Jesus did on the cross. We're saved by faith, and we're kept by faith. We can only please God by faith. It's impossible to please Him without it. We're to live by faith. We're to walk by faith. And eventually we'll cross over into eternity because of our those who are faithful to the end, right? How do we do it? By keeping our eyes on Jesus. Knowing your why. Living to an audience of one. Doing what he says. Not getting caught up seeking personal gain and all this stuff. Just do what he says. He will, he will richly bless you. His riches are much better than anything the world can give you. Keep your focus and keep faithful. It's so important. Christians should be the most focused and faithful people the world has ever seen. Jesus said in Luke 21, by standing firm, you will win your souls. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.